and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing on the mic, it's Lil Wayne, one of the most prolific and talented rappers of the last 20 years. Weezy's seemingly endless barrage of killer albums, mixtapes, and guest spots bought him to the pinnacle of hip-hop success until at the height of his fame, he went to jail. But now he's out, has a new album, and his future is unclear. So we're going to be talking all about his career, this tumultuous period in his life, and why he still might be the most influential rapper of his generation through his book, Gone Till November. Yes. The Prison Diaries of Lil Wayne. Yes. Uh, but- it's got a sti- the book has a sticker on it that says, Property of Lil Wayne, Rikers Island Correctional Facility. I don't know if this is a regulation sticker, <laughs> but it looks Or pretty- if you actually got the authentic prison diary. Maybe I got the one. Wait, did he actually go to prison in Rikers? He went to Rikers, man. Yeah. Jesus. He spent eight months at Rikers. My God. I didn't know it was a New York violent. Well, we're going to find all about all about that. Yeah. But first, let's introduce our own two guests. Uh, First up is a newcomer to the podcast. He is a a writer whose work has appeared in Mental Floss and Complex. It's our friend, Andrew Lassane. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. And piping in all the way from uh, sunny and maybe too hot uh, California, uh, it's returning champion, oh uh, uh, one of the, our very few returns. Returns. Uh, maybe first in the two-timers club. No. Three-timers. Three-timers club. First in the three-timers club. Uh, it's our LA hip-hop aficionado, host of the Ballin' Out podcast. It's Joel Saninsky. Hi, Joel. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yes, it is very hot in LA, <laughs> and I would say it is too hot. It's too um, hot. In, in, in a lot of ways right now. Uh, well... Friends, let me just get started by saying I need a Winn-Dixie grocery bag full of money right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how y'all are feeling. Thank you. That, you that's how I feel. Have you guys ever been to a Winn-Dixie? I've never been to a Winn-Dixie. I believe I stopped to a Winn-Dixie uh, once on a drive to Florida. It's it's overrated. It's overrated. It's no, it's no Piggly Wiggly. I'll tell you that. Uh- <laughs> well, I believe Piggly Wiggly is the Kroger brand, brand, and I have strong brand loyalty to Kroger as a, uh, a Cincinnati boy. All right. Is is Winn Dixie a, a grocery store or a restaurant? Grocery, grocery store. store. Grocery, grocery store. Right. Because yeah, I need a Winn Dixie grocery bag full of money. Yes, right of course. The VIP. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. It's it's a southern place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, great. So Andrew Joel. You both had strong feelings about talking about Lil Wayne on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do this. Let's just get right into it. We always start by saying how what our feelings about this artist are, what our life experience is with them. Uh, why don't you guys go first? Andrew, do you want to start off? How do you what's your life experience with Lil Wayne? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I guess I should start by saying I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, I was telling Molly, I don't think I, I can't remember a time where I didn't know who Lil Wayne was because I grew up listening to his music long before I should have been listening to it. <laughs> but, um, Did you get, like, was it like explicit versions, like real yeah. fun times? I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, not him specifically, but just, I guess, cash money in general. Yeah. Were a lot of things that I don't know why my mom was okay with me playing it, but here we are. What they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't hurt them. Truly. But uh, yeah, that continued through life. Even like, I guess long before he was the star of Cash Money, I was a fan of him. And in high school, it was me and a few friends who would just rap his lyrics all day long. Because I think the Carter came out in, what, 2005? Yeah. And uh, I graduated high school in 2006. 
Sounds yeah. about right. I yeah. can't remember my own age. <laughs> but uh, yeah, every every single day in college, was, I mean, in high school and in college, was just rapping Lil Wayne lyrics all day long, getting in trouble from teachers and, <laughs> and not caring. Joel, how, how about you? What's what's your relationship with Lil Wayne? Uh, so I you know, came to Lil Wayne a little later than that. I came to hip hop generally a little later. I really only got into rap music uh, in college, towards the end of college. But um, so I really got into Lil Wayne in the era when he was the biggest he's ever been. Kind of the Carter Three era is when I really kind of got into him. But um, since then, I've always been. He's been one of my favorites. I, he's still one of my all time favorite rappers, and I just, I've and I. It was the kind of thing where first I got into him listening to the big hit songs, and I sort of dug into the older Carter albums. And I dug into the mixtapes. I listened to all of those. So it's a sort of thing where it's like when you get into Lil Wayne, as Andrew, I'm sure you can agree, you can go very deep into him. It's a very <laughs> dense text on the Lil Wayne discography. <laughs> And I Wayne. really burrowed in there and stayed there for a while. Uh, <laughs> and I and I just I still find him to be one of the most inspiring rappers in the world. And even though in, in it's only in the recent years he sort of has he's back, quote unquote. But I just have always found him to be one of my favorites, one of the most kind of lyrically inspiring rappers. And um, Chris, you kind of allude to this. I do think I would argue he is one of, if not the most influential rappers today. Um, both. Musically, but also maybe even more so in terms of lifestyle and sort of the image that he created and all, when he was the biggest, as big a star as he was. And also in terms of music distribution and just the sheer volume of music that he released and how he sort of used that mm -hmm. to build up his legend and build up his reputation in a way even more so, I would say, than like any one song or one single. Um so, I mean, I, I'm not like a deep, like all, I'm not like an old, old school fan of his, but I just, he's just one of my favorites. And I'm so happy that he's got a new album that everyone thinks is good. And I'm happy <laughs> that, that, that he's back. There's definitely been several mixtapes that he's come out with in the last few years where I would send a song to like a friend and be like, I think he's back. Um, and they would always be like, no, this sucks. Finally, he has an album where I would send, send some songs to friends and they'd be like, he, he is back. It is good. Um, but, uh, You've yeah, been waiting just, for him I, to come back. We've, oh, been, we've been waiting a long time. Um, You've been in yeah, the drought. So, and I just, I, I just love him. He's great. Uh, Molly, how about you? I was first aware. I, w I was talking to Andrew earlier. Like I, I think my actual first real awareness of Lil Wayne was his guest spot on Destiny's Child Soldier, <laughs> which was, I think, when a lot of people were put onto him. Like, and then Amelie was shortly afterwards. Like, Amelie was huge. I'm from Vermont. Um, people thought. <laughs> People thought Lil Wayne was so fucking cool. Like, it just like that was just the consensus. He was on all of our back when I was like a sports person. Like, he was always on, you know, the the pre-game um, mix CD, like the oh, warm-up yeah. mix CD, which was just like the absolute like Naplu's ultra of like what the people want to hear to get you pumped up. He was always on that shit. My sisters would put him on like the CDs that we would, you know, bang in our in our Volvo, our '95 Volvo. Um, great, great times. Um, I it, he when he first came up, he was like slight when he as like a pop hit person. I was like not quite into like pop music in general or like popular music in general, but I still at the time I was just like he's like not he's so unique. Like he, I just remember being struck by like he's kind of creating 
culture with everything that he does. Um, he's not like creating, and it's it's not like trash either. Like it's it's interesting and it's dense. I do think that that like the density of Lil Wayne is something that cannot be underestimated. I've been like a, I would say a casual fan throughout the years. Um, I've got my like Lil Wayne faves and I, I don't know. I feel like I've only listened to like 5% of his entire catalog, if that. Um, but I've enjoyed, I've always enjoyed it. A Lil Wayne verse is always just like usually the highlight yeah. um, of whatever song he's on. So. What did Lil Wayne HQs claim that he has 1800 like songs? 1800 songs. <laughs> and there's like some, there's some guy who probably thinks of himself as like a, remember like webmaster as yes. like the job. Like he's like the webmaster he's of the Lil Wayne. Wayne <laughs> he's the Wayne master. And yeah, he's tracked literally every, you know, Album, EP, mixtape, uh, leaked song, everything he's ever uh, Gus verse, everything he's done, and it's been like eighteen hundred songs apparently. So that's chill. I've not, I've nothing but respect for Lil Wayne. Uh, uh, Chris, <laughs> what, what, what's up? With I mean, you? I was a big indie rock snob in like the mid aughts when he would be really ascending. So he was definitely somebody who I would have just only thought of as like a that guy, or really only honestly like a name that you would keep seeing featuring all over the place mm-hmm. uh, until college joel and i went to college together and joel you can attest to this that when the carter three came out that was the only thing on everywhere it Every, was everywhere every, the amount of time we listened to a millie at a party yeah. just, <laughs> in, i would say that song played at every party that we were at in yeah. college um, like every single one but I would say that deeper than that, because there were are like those ubiquitous, ubiquitous rock song or, or rap songs, pop songs the entire time. But the Carter three was one of the few albums that was played cohesively as an album. Like every song on that album mm. is a good party rap song. You could just that, put it on yeah. at a party straight through. And so while, you know, you would get be familiar with other hip hop artists as their hits and they'd come and you'd have like, there's, you know, a few, you'd throw a few songs by anybody on that and TI paper trails were the two, yeah. were the two ones. That's like every, that you just play that album front to back of that era. Yeah. And so after totally. that, like knowing that that full album was a, was good as an album, I, I gained a, a, a slight, slightly heightened appreciation for Lil Wayne. And then after that, it's been more in the the lane of every time you see a featuring Lil Wayne, you're like, oh, this will be this this should be good. Sometimes it's not good, but it should be good. Yeah, I I would say sometimes it's definitely not good. Um, (laughs) Lil Wayne is not a rapper I would think of as a consistent Mm. rapper. But you can still go into almost every time that there's going to be a Lil Wayne verse having high expectations. Yeah, because he can't he can be so good. Yes. Um. Carter three sold a million copies in a week was the last rap album to do that. Yes. The only one of the other ones that came close was Carter four, which barely missed it by like 40,000 copies. And Uh, that was in 2011 after people stopped paying for music. Yes. Uh, I also saw that uh, Lil Wayne was the first person to beat Elvis in the number of top 100 singles they've, they've achieved in their lifetime. Yeah. Uh, it's since been surpassed by other people, but always, always love when uh, somebody beats Elvis at something, That's particularly good. a black man. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, all right, we got the we got the ground floor yeah. of, of our Wayne knowledge. I Molly, mean, take us take us on a journey. So, I mean, we can just just to give a little background about his life. He's from New Orleans, um, or rather, like a, a subset of New Orleans. 
um, Hollygrove. He was born um, what his what what his birth year? September twenty seventh, nineteen eighty two. He's a um, a Libra. He just designed a Libra tattoo for his fellow Libra uh, Halsey <laughs> that she <laughs> that she got. Yeah, um, the Libra scale weighing sins and forgiveness. Weighing from, sins uh, and forgiveness. Jesus. From She Will, I think is the song. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, good, good for both of them. Um, he he wrote his rap, his first rap song when he was eight. By the time he was nine, um, he got the attention of uh, Brian Birdman Williams, who um, he, I guess it sounded like he, Lil Wayne left voicemail raps, mm-hmm. like left ra- uh, like raps on his voicemail. And uh, Birdman was like, I will... <laughs> Take you under my wings. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! He just—he just became—he basically became like a father figure for mm-hmm. Lil Wayne, whose um, own father divorced his mother when I think he was two years old. Um, or I would love the like 2018 equivalent of that would be like sending freestyle snaps to a produ- like snaps of you freestyling to a producer you appreciated or something like that. I feel like now it's just like yeah, hopping in someone's DMs or like. Yeah. You know, having a viral tweet and asking people to go to your SoundCloud. Yeah. But getting somebody's personal phone number and leaving it on their answering machine. That's uh that's so much more interesting. It was the not it was yeah. the the early like the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. There's his that message machine literally had tapes on it. Somewhere maybe those answering machine tapes of Wheezy still of not eight year old Wheezy still exist. Oh my god. Um Wow. That's insane. So yeah, Birdman, um uh proprietor of Cash Money Records. Um, basically like kind of shepherded Lil Wayne through his career. He was part of the Hot Boys. Um, and great, then he great, went great group name. The Hot Boys with a Z. Gotta have the Z. Um, and then he went the solo in the early two thousands. Um, I mean, it, thinking about his career is just like it's so fucking dense. Like he he had released like, you know, the Carter, the Carter Two, an ass ton of mixtapes. He really broke with the Carter three um, and then the singles kind of before that. And then instead of putting out an album, he basically was only on mixtapes for like two years, like straight up. Um, so I, I think that that's not something it's like something to drill into a little bit because the mixtape, the mixtape thing, because he was like one of the first guys really releasing music in a popular, accessible way to his fans on that format or one of the biggest mainstream guys. Correct. Yeah. Ye- yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's the difference is he was one of the guys who, when he was like the most popular, the biggest rapper in the world, he was still releasing a ton of free music mm-hmm. via mixtapes. He was just rapping on like every hot beat that was out there. He would just get on and rap. And there is a very kind of obsessive quality to him, which is part of what I find very inspiring about him is just like he just raps it doesn't matter that he like doesn't it doesn't seem like he really cares that much like during that era which is when i first got to be familiar with him of carter three it like i think some of the best verses he's ever done by far are on the mixtapes that surrounded carter three and it's yeah. it's stuff that he released for free on beats that did not belong to him that he's never going to get money for and it didn't feel like that was a thing that really concerned him he just wanted to rap and that's all he and he was just like a machine at that time he was just like rapping and rapping and rapping and releasing these you know dedication to drought drought through these mixtapes that are the length of like two albums and are all great and yeah. i feel like mix rap mixtapes have been around for a long time but he was the first the guy i can think of that was at that level of popularity and fame was still 
constantly just feeding people mixtapes mm-hmm. and distributing music in this in this kind of way. Yeah, and it wasn't just about quantity. It was the fact that he was rapping over beats and doing it better than the people who did the original <laughs> songs. owned. <laughs> I mean, it was a fact because even Jay Z yeah. was like might send it to the mixtape Weezy because Wayne became like synonymous with mixtapes and mm-hmm. like just killing every song he did. Do you yeah. remember Andrew like the way you received his music like when you were in your you know like childhood, high school, college? Like just because I feel like that I, we talked about that last episode a little bit. Just like the way when especially when you're young of the way you are able to access music and how that changes like how you become a fan so i would mm-hmm. love to kind of hear about that yeah it was um for me it was mostly bootleg uh cds mm-hmm. when i was younger which is i mean i guess the statues of whatever have expired now but when yeah, i was in high school yeah i started to i went through yeah, all we my, won't narc on your on your piracy thank you I appreciate would it. you steal a car <laughs> <laughs> i was actually i was going through my uh my old cd binder like two days ago because I was getting rid of stuff to like put DVDs in the binder for because I'm cheap and I don't want to buy a new binder. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I started to bring all my old like Lil Wayne CDs, but I decided that would be a little weird. But uh, like, yeah, most of like the squad up mixtapes and the drought, the prefix, the suffix, all those I had on uh, just like bootleg CDs. And in high school, I actually sold bootleg CDs nice. for a classic a awesome. guy. It was it was like a, for legit, a guy. <laughs> it was a friend of my mom's. He uh used to this is how weird charleston was he would set up like a huge tent on the side of the road and just like set up camp and just like have cds and dvds like laid out on the tables cool and for a while in high school it was like my my after school job was like working in his quote-unquote office just like burning cds and like printing out the labels and just like selling cds on the side of the road he would always let me take whatever i wanted for free yeah and like give me some cash on the side so uh amazing that's dope uh, my, That's awesome. I I just remember that era as of my friend discovering the scam of going to the public library and renting CDs and then ripping and burning them and then burning copies for Ooh, all of us. That's a hot, hot, uh, hot crime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think what I want to like just point out is that a lot of the things that we talk about on this show are people who got famous. Uh, and were known for music before the internet happened and before the record industry basically shit the bed in terms of who was paying for music. And Lil Wayne kind of came up, obviously, like he's been active since 91. Um, yes. Since, you know, Nirvana put out Nevermind. Um, normal. But uh, but he like he managed to kind of understand the speed at which the internet kind of creates demand for music and was doing that before Spotify, before, um, you know, Apple music or title or whatever. We should, we should listen to something from this era. Can, listen to some can, early. Can yeah. you guys recommend something from like the 2000, uh, or mid aughts era mixtapes? That would be good. Maybe something that, that samples a, a, a more well-known beat to illustrate this. I really like seat down low from Drought 3, which is a T.I. song that he gets on. Um, that's that's one that popped into my mind, um, just because I know the name of that. Great. I also really just like the intro he does to that, because he, he just like announcing that he's on a T.I. beat. Um, All right, let's listen to a little seat down low. Joel, you're not going to be able to hear this, but... Yeah. T.I. That's man T, man. <laughs> T.I. Dot com, bitch. 
tip. Fuck with your boy. Hey, that is my brother's ladies and gentlemen, T.I. And he is the king, bitch. Don't get that shit twisted. And me, I am the best rapper alive, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Oh, Manny <laughs> Fresh. And it's been a minute since I've rapped on a Manny Fresh beat. But, uh, I guess I go ahead on the show these niggas to do one of your beats, man. Listen, I like my seat down low And my windows like they crack Riding with a bad hoe With a girlfriend in her back I like to get real high And I never look back And you don't wanna try me Don't I look strapped I come from the hardest city Ain't nobody It's like every verse he does Just like takes you on this ride It's like, like it's got such propulsion to it yeah like you can't even catch your breath because he's already like a beat ahead of you with every thought every every line even if it's like a joke with a punchline the punchline sets up the next one it's so great it's so he jumps from one thing to another so quickly yeah it goes from like so many different thoughts he moves from one to the next with such speed and dexterity and that's it's just like it's when he's at his best sometimes his verses are lazy sometimes they aren't like that but when he's really firing it's like you really are i feel like watching a genius at work it really is like hard to argue against that when you especially when you listen to like a a bunch of his music in a row it's like you really are seeing a really wild mind working yeah and there and it feels like there is no filter between his mind and his mouth and it feels like every thought he has comes out as a rap it just feels like it's this nap is almost pure creativity in a way which is yeah. which is yeah. what i get from him i think it's important to point out that at this point he was already not writing anything down i think he stopped after one of the squad up mixtapes like maybe squad up seven it was his it was a whole thing like he, <laughs> it was a lot but he uh, oh, my, see honestly this makes me feel bad about myself i'm like imagine doing seven of something <laughs> <laughs> like seven of anything like uh, but uh, I mean, I we've done seven podcasts. So. Yeah, we have done. Seven yeah, you guys podcasts. have done. Yeah, yeah more you guys seven. have done more than seven podcasts. Yeah, yeah. We just need to start separating them into like yeah. sort of groups, and then like and calling then, yeah. them. Like, yeah, giving the them intro thir- six through <laughs> thirteen or whatever. But uh, one of those, I think it was Squad Up Seven. He, like, you can hear the pages in it because it was his last, the last time he wrote stuff down. And he's mm-hmm. like, actually like wrapping off the pages and like throwing them as he's mm-hmm. doing it, and it's yeah. like this whole ceremonial thing it's like the last time he's writing anything down wow that's insane yeah. that's so amazing crazy. and now so he he's basically just like doesn't write shit down anymore yeah never he's, him and him and jay-z i guess <laughs> right so, so crazy jay-z do, doesn't like, write anything like, down and uh really wants you to make uh solid real estate investments <laughs> <laughs> not quite as much real estate advice in uh lil wayne's uh yeah. music than jay-z's but they share the, that the, I know the, of. The, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he's been sharing. Um, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Joel. Were, were you guys, I, I couldn't hear it. When you listened to Seat Download, did you listen to his intro where he was introducing the song or did you yes. jump ahead? Yeah, we listened to the intro. For, I am the best rapper alive, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. But um, <laughs> I, uh, this is a little embarrassing. When I first heard that, I didn't know who Manny Fresh was. Uh-huh. I thought he was, he said, he was saying like, it's been a minute since I've rapped on like many a fresh beat. I have sampled many a fresh beat in my day, but this is the finest. I've rapped on many fresh beats, but uh, many fresh I, beats. And then, I eventually realized uh, the error of my ways, but that Manny Fresh doesn't get enough credit. I feel like just a quick shout out to Manny Fresh. Does he? Does he produce yeah. a lot of? He was a cash money guy, he was, right? Yeah, exclusively, Duh. yeah. yeah right? Okay. Their entire, well, not entire, but a lot of their success is due to 
Manny Fresh he, and his he beats. He produced a lot of that um that juvenile album, the the really the, good one. The good one. <laughs> <laughs> the I, I think degrees. I can't confirm that right now, but uh, I was reading about Cash Money history, and he was like their main guy for the early late nineties, early aughts, and then split with them around this time with the Carter three. Yeah. Well, uh, not with the Carter three, but a little yeah. after this. Yeah. yeah. I, li- I like that. Lil Wayne says he likes to sit down low and his window slightly cracked. <laughs> He's very, slightly cracked. Yeah. 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 That's to be comfortable. Yeah. A little breeze, but nothing yeah. crazy. Cause you know, AC doesn't want to get his car. Messed up. Yeah. Really like really stifling also in a weird way. Did you have any, any early, kind of early Wayne wrecks that you'd like to, us to, to play and discuss? Uh, well, I mean, most of the, is, there's a lot. That's why it's kind of yeah. hard for my brain to, to pick through. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is that he's, it's like just batches of music mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh yeah, that mixtape is 20 songs and they're all like of the same quality. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and my, I guess my earliest, like I said, I was, into cash money more than just Lil Wayne at the beginning. So a lot of what I knew about him early on was his guest verses on like juvenile and BG mm-hmm. songs. So he has like some really, really great verses on stuff. But as far as like the early, make, I mean, the block is hot. The album mm-hmm. as a general, isn't one of my favorites, but it's, it was like his quote unquote coming out party. I guess. Right. So, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, most of my, my favorites are like guest verses, not actual like full projects from him. Yeah. But the funny I- thing about, Wayne, that for me, even today, that I think about him is I, I don't really think of him that much about individual songs yeah. or like it, or even albums. Really, it feels like it's just like the Little Wayne project. It just is a yeah. cohesive overall thing. So it's all the guest verses, all the mixtapes, the studio albums, the pop songs. It's like it's all feels like more so than most rappers. I don't really think about like individual songs that often. I really just think of like him. As this yeah. guy in a booth spitting, and just how great he is, and how consistently great he's been. Obviously, fluctuating from song to song, but just like how much rapping he's done. I just I think about him more in these sort of like of I think of him as just this kind of mute like rapping machine than I think yeah. of any individual <laughs> song or verse or tape. It's 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 a different sort of relationship than I have with other rappers. Like Jay Z, I think about songs. I think about yeah. the great yeah. my favorite Jay Z songs. And I don't I think about Wayne in a different way than that. Um and I think that's just yeah. sort of a testament to Wayne's kind of like what's appealing to him about for me but also just how his the way he released music and just the volume of it and just like the the kind of the his i feel like that is his relationship to music in a way as well whereas like jay-z i feel like mm-hmm. probably every song he's really slaving over like wants the beat to be correct wants it to be a hit song and wayne i feel like just gets in the booth and raps and that's and just like lets it out and i just I, it, that's how it seems feels to me and that so that is sort of how I see them and how I relate to their music. It's a different way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Andrew just, uh, suggested this track. This is a uh, loud pipes. This is from a uh, 1999. His album, the block is hot. Perfect. I'm shining, beaming, glossing, big time, and starting and floating. Lamborghini sitting on rotors with two more in my garages. Plus a blue and black Ferrari with Nintendo and Atari. Man, I swear the car is awesome. Boom, sorry, we lost him. I'm back. I pull up smelling like dime sacks and cognac. I leave in the home an hour later, I'm flying back. <laughs> Shh, private jet's about to land. The women fall out when I let them touch my hand. I get off the plane to a Mercedes Benz van. TV don't go away. See, even though he has this weird, like, kind of sing songy wavery mm-hmm. thing that sounds so yeah. unique he almost sounds a little here like 
maybe like a more like Andre 3000-esque where it's in that sing-songy way. It's not quite as that, uh, almost the like, yeah, you know, the propulsive, just like nonstop pounding that he, he gets to later where everything is just a barrage. <laughs> Lil Wayne also this is very catchy. to to pull back to like larger history. I feel like hip hop a- was about basically like New York and the West Coast until like mm-hmm. the late '90s, and then the South basically ruled it for like a decade, right? Yes. Yeah. Still, yeah. I mean, still, still, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, there's a real 1999 ass uh, hip hop album cover. It was an optimist. Oh, oh, yeah, I thought yeah. you were saying a 1999 ass beat because I was gonna say that too. But it was like I was like, it's an optimistic time. It was an op- it was a bombastic time. Uh, uh, Cash the- Money has some of the best. Uh, it's called Pen and Pixel uh-huh. covers, and they they had some of the some of the best in That's the nineties. Very good. No, it, was it was very awesome. good. Very I want good. to point out a line from that verse. Yeah, yes. he said, "Plus a blue and black Ferrari with Nintendo and Atari." Yes. One of my, <laughs> I wanted a car with like a game system in it for the longest time because of Cash Money. Yeah. That's a that's a great fantasy. That's a real put my ride situation. <laughs> yeah. Did they have those back then? Um, for oh, I mean, that had, yeah. oh my god. Oh we yeah. You, we heard you like to game, so we put a game system in your car so you could game while you drive <laughs> <laughs> safely. For I everyone. love it whenever rap songs for like older rap songs name drop old game systems. That's one yes. of my favorites. <laughs> like when Biggie name drops Sega Genesis. Yes. <laughs> Classic. Yes. Does anyone, did anyone reference the Wii or did everyone know better? <laughs> was anyone like, no. like, oh, yeah, like I got my Wii tennis going on. <laughs> if, any, if any fans out there can uh, think of any hip hop references to owning or playing a Wii. A Nintendo Wii. I would like to hear it. I'm dying to hear it. I don't feel like that many rappers reference gaming these days. Oh, like, yeah, there's like, I don't know, like Call of Duty shit. Like people talk about that. that NBA stuff. 2K. NBA 2K. Mm. The, the yeah, you're games. right. You're right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, and they all no, has anyone wrapped around Fortnite yet? Because that's the real, real definitely. I'm sure somebody has. There was a there was a uh, there's an LA rapper O3 Greedo who had a song called Fortnite that was like his biggest song. Now he's in prison <laughs> for the next like. Another victim of the Fortnite to prison uh, pipeline. Oh Jesus! But uh, he did have a song called Fortnite. I was just gonna say a couple weeks ago, rap all the big rappers' Instagrams were them playing Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) Everybody was playing it, Um, so they do still seem to be a popular time for sure. But they don't always like rap about having them in their cars. Like cars are video games now. Yes. (laughs) No. Uh, Drake had an Instagram where he was playing Red Dead in his private jet i think that's kind of the new the new version but anyway the amazingness of playing a game that is mostly a simulation of riding a horse on a private <laughs> jet have you played the either of them the original I, or the second one? i played the original one i haven't got my hands on the second one yet but i hear that it's way double down on horse simulation mm-hmm. i really like a I, lot of horse i love the first one i haven't played the second one yet but i'm really into that yeah, that equestrian life. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get on a plane and play, and play riding a horse. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels. I mean, it is. Good. Yeah, that actually is very interesting. The idea of being on a luxurious private jet in your bed on the jet with a massive TV, playing a game system that on the game you're simulating riding a horse. You're through on, like, the, the old in like the grim conditions of the old west. Yeah, you're on like the most advanced. I would say Drake probably flies in the nicest plane available. So you're on like the nicest. Whatever plane is the nicest he has. Yeah. Yeah. 
means of communicate means of transportation and you're playing a game that creates the feeling of being on the most basic form of transportation I, and then you're instagramming about it at some, point, it. Pretty interesting. at some point in this uh this wayne lore i feel like we have to talk about drake and Nicki minaj and Yes. Yes. We, yeah. Well, let's put, let's oh, yeah. push Do. Wayne. We got to push Wayne's story forward a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, so we, I mean, we could talk about obviously he like truly broke on like a, a massive, massive level in 2008 with Carter three. Amelie was massive and huge. Um, and then Lollipop was huge. Lolli- oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. Lollipop, Lollipop was huge. every, absolutely everywhere. Um, and that was when I feel like he just like, he became completely ubiquitous yes and it's worth saying that so the what eventually put put him in rikers was a, a gun charge from 2007 so this was actually you know a, a year before he had this huge huge break um he, he it was a weapons charge in new york city it was after a show at the beacon theater which now i'm reading and i'm like <laughs> he played the beacon theater yeah, it's fucking like, seriously it's like last night steely dan tonight <laughs> Lil wayne gets arrested for having a gun it's <laughs> so odd he so he basically got found like at, outside of his tour bus with a, a friend smoking weed the cops like uh, arrested him for the weed and then they found a Jesus. gun nearby oh my God. um which they, you know, attributed to him, even though the gun was registered to his manager. Um, he, you know, they, the court basically said, hey, DNA evidence will be admissible <laughs> during this trial. Um, and he was facing three and a half years if he um, was to fight, fight the charges and, and uh, get found guilty. So he pled for a year at Rikers, mm. um, which is where, where we found him in this, in this prison diary, which That's is just like... Fucking bullshit. It's garbage. <laughs> All of that that entire story is so weird. It's yeah. so weird. It's, like the, the it's so charge, weird. The prison and that they sent him to. Yeah, it's it's so it's the charge is obviously such bullshit. The whole thing is so stupid. But also like as a fan, it was very much like when he came out of prison, he was not making good music, I would say, for a while. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. And it really felt like and he is it feels like he is back now. It feels like he is kind of in command of his of his talents now. But for a time it felt like he was he was kind of washed up that he was like going to keep releasing music, but it never felt quite like it did before he went to prison. And it mm-hmm. felt like that for a time. It felt to me as a fan that like the story of him was going to be he was just kind of had this incredible flow going in his cr- creativity, and then he went to prison and whatever about that did it. It 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 messed the whole thing up. Yeah, and he was never going to quite be able to regain. His footing, and it feels like he's getting there now. But it just was such a tragic thing, obviously for all the obvious reasons, but also just as a fan of Lil Wayne, it just felt like we were robbed of something it, when mm-hmm. he did that. Because when he came out, he just didn't. He just wasn't quite what he was. There was something that was different about how he was rapping. He didn't. It didn't feel like he was as free and as creative as he used to be. Yeah, um, this is 2010, stemming from the charge in 2007. So it's it's also wild that like while he was having his true like pinnacle of sales and popularity, this yeah. was like kind of in the in the back of his mind and like what his like lawyers were trying to fight. And I mean, I don't I don't really know of any other artist who's kind of had this happen to them in this way. Um, but it's I don't know. It's fucked up. And also, I remember just thinking about it at the time being like, oh, that's so, like I was just like not I just feel like I didn't really like 
know what I was talking about. I would just be like, oh, that sucks. Poor little Wayne. And I'm like, <laughs> um, this is completely like, you know, yeah. revelatory of fucking systemic racism in New York and yes. society. And why did we why did we send him to Rikers? What the fuck? The <laughs> gun wasn't even on him. It was. I, oh. Well, even Meek Mill got a. Oh, yeah. Sent to jail for like doing what a wheelie on a four wheeler. Right. Because yeah, like, it was a violation of his parole. Right. <laughs> His Absolutely, parole had insane. a wheelie clause. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I remember thinking like I went from being like, uh, like Meek Mill really like I feel like he's solidly like lost in his like beef with Drake, and then I was like, I went from that to being like, oh my god, Meek Mill, like get him out of jail. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry I ever like thought anything negative about Meek Mill. Get him the fuck out of there. Uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't really understand the magnitude at the time. Also, even thinking, and I feel like we should do more on this in a pod in general is like the way musicians attract the attention of the police in general is mm -hmm. very interesting because I do feel like they're Lil Wayne also had several other drug charges in several other States uh, between this time and the time that he went away. Um, because like what do cops look at a giant tour bus and they're like, we must stop you and like, <laughs> see what's what's on there. It, there's a yeah, weird probably, like exposure that happens when you're a, a famous yeah. person, a famous musician specifically. You can be a famous actor and like you're not traveling around with all of that equipment and like, you know, uh, all, all your crew and everything. Like you're pretty much like a lone ranger. But like as a musician who's part of a whole team, yeah. you're vulnerable, especially to like a racist fucking police force. Anyway, he went to jail. We all know because there's a book about it. Um, I I was in, I was entertained by this book. Has anyone else um, sampled this book at all? No, no, I have not checked out the Prison Diaries. Now, I do want to read it now that we yeah. that we're talking about it. It's interesting. It? Um, I mean, it's a, I I love a diary in general. I'm always trying to you know see how people are spending their days and whether it's it's like mine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, I like, guess that Lil Wayne in Rikers is not spending his days <laughs> like you. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised. We both we both ended our day with I'm like better. you know consumption of media before we go to sleep. He does more pushups than I do, <laughs> like way more. <laughs> He's always been very ripped, like impressively so. Yeah, for somebody on a consumption regime like what it appears that he is on. Yeah. He's also very small. It so feels like, like he it's just okay. kind of has one of those bodies that just is naturally kind of like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, just too resilient. But it, but, but it seems to me that he I don't it doesn't it, he never struck me as someone who's living like a really healthy workout heavy lifestyle. But um, but yeah, he always he, wor great. he worked out a lot in prison. Um, he he said uh, there is a good quote where he he's talking about he, he vacillates between. So just just to share like a little bit about his days is like they're pretty much he, he wakes up at like five in the morning. They wake everyone up at fucking five in the morning and breakfast is at, at like five thirty in the morning. He like has coffee. He usually goes back to sleep as I would if I were waking woken <laughs> yes. up at five in the morning. Um, there's like you go to the yard where you can kind of like work out or kind of move around. There's a por a par portion of the day that's like lockdown where everyone's just in their cell. Um, there's like sort of entertainment time. I mean, everyone's seen Orange Is the New Black. It sounds pretty much like that. Um, everyone watches TV or movies, and then you go to bed, and that's it. And he did that for eight months, and he went from basically you know everyone at his beck and call he could basically have anything he wanted he had all the money in the world and he went from basically not having any human rights and you can see that in the way he writes like he's just like 
he keeps ha- he almost keeps having to remind himself like I'm little Wayne. <laughs> like, wait a second, I'm me. Like it's it's going to be fine eventually, but it's not fine now. Um he said he said talking about prison workouts, he says, I got my fifty cent on. Well, I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably about thirty five cent, but if I stand next to fifty, we almost make a dollar. <laughs> um well, yeah. That's interesting that, that you say that because it, it makes me think I mean, I don't want to be talk like too highfalutin about this, but when we talk about Lil Wayne, but it does feel like for someone who's such a pure kind of artist, like he yeah. is, who's such a creative person, it does feel like he sort of, for someone like that, you need to have a certain environment to really be creative in the way that he was, mm-hmm. where I feel like in those years leading up to it, he was had all the money in the world, had could do it. I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary The Carter that's about mm-hmm. the period of time around the Carter Three. But everywhere he went, someone would set up a microphone for him in any hotel room, in any bus, someone would set up a mic for him. And he just it was his entire life was constructed around him creating music. Everything around him was built for him to create music. I'm sure he was doing lots of drugs that would help him do that as well. It was all for that. And that's how he did it. And then I think that's yeah. probably why going to prison suddenly having no rights, certainly no microphones, but also just like n- none of the sort of environmental things that help you help him get into that mental space. I think that's probably why it took him some time when he got out to get to get good again as a rapper because yeah. he just he was the same guy, but he had been totally removed and disengaged from where he was in his life, kind of physically, but also I would guess emotionally spiritually mentally all these things that i think he probably needs whether he knew it or not to be as good as he was at rapping yeah i think that's right it's it seems like he was like jolted by not being able to have his usual environment for doing things he i mean he's basically said he didn't at least not until the end of the book he's like not writing raps like he's just not creating at all because i i don't think he had the environment where he could just kind of like spit it out um yeah because he's got no privacy like it's can you imagine if he was just like rapping all the time (laughs) that would be insane um and people would probably yell at him they'd be like we would like to sleep now (laughs) i'm sure some people probably asked him to rap though i bet he got that all the time oh my god Hey, yes, there's do a milli. About I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I've already done a milli <laughs> so many times. So many times. No, do it again. Do lollipop. Yeah, I have so many other songs. No, we want to hear a milli. Lollipop is definitely not the song you want to rap in. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to do lollipop in prison. Is there stuff in the book about him being so famous yes. in prison and what that was like? Yes. So he he talks about. Um, there's obviously issues with like corrections officers you know, being fans <laughs> like the, you know, he says that like there are a couple of female officers who got in trouble. Like they got suspended apparently because they came to where they knew he was going to be just to like check him out. Um, he said that like sometimes CEOs would like make him home cooked meals. Um, he, he said, he said like he, he, I don't think he ever feels like super fondly about any of his fellow prisoners, but he does. He says he's like, like the thing about jail is that you don't like no one's your friend, but he will be keeping in touch with a couple of CEOs <laughs> at, at the end of this. Um, and he, he also mentions that like whenever there, like there's a couple issues where he talks about where he gets in like verbal fights with people and 
the other person always gets moved away from him. It's never him. Like he feels accommodated Mm. in prison because Mm -hmm. he knows that like if there's any issue with anything like there's going to be so much more of an uproar than if it's just an anonymous non-famous person who's who's dealing with this stuff i mean another thing to talk about that we haven't really talked about that much is the drug use is Mm -hmm. how much is how much of a drug user he was he is and how open he is about that And, and i think probably that was another for good or bad that was another sort of jolting part of going to prison for him i'm sure was yeah all of the drugs he was doing yeah and i i always sort of assume he was probably on a little bit of a of a cocktail that put him into a creative mind space you know for yeah. good or for bad and i think that probably also was it was an issue for him creatively it was just being jolted out of that just everything about his life i think was probably built around creativity and yeah. it just seems like going to prison just took that all away yeah he he references he only says he says once in the diary he says I wish I was high and it was kind of like as a sort of jokingly um but he he doesn't really talk about not not being on drugs or not you know drinking lean which was his drug of choice um he does mention that like the prison wants they they're checking up on his health like often like he thinks it's like too much like he's getting a lot of checkups and stuff and he's like everything's fine i'm fine <laughs> like they they checked me and like i'm perfectly healthy everything's good Does so he mention any of the the seizures in prison no hmm. no yeah so there's like those came, those came later yeah Oh, well, I mean, did it? according to him, he's been having them like most of his life, but we've only oh, heard about them like the, with the whole like a lot of people aren't sure if it's actually a medical condition or if it's like a side effect. A drug of, thing. Mm, yeah. Purple stuff. Well, I mean, purple stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> it is because like in at least in that like 07, 08, 09 era, like his he and purple drink were like synonymous. Synonymous. It was like that was the joke. It's like Lil Wayne. Drinks drinks purple drink and does these epic raps. Double cup. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, I would say we were talking about how influential he is. That's a, a side of his influence that is not all positive. Yeah. And how much he popularized drug use and rap music and how much he because obviously lots of rappers have always rapped about doing drugs. But it's I think, again, everything with him is magnified because of how massive he was, like how mm-hmm. huge and popular he was. Rapping about and drinking syrup, rapping also about and the injection of that strain of drug use of like heavy downers specifically mm-hmm. that it now seems to be the uh, the predominant young cool hip hop drug. Yeah, no one's doing cocaine anymore. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> no. doing Xanax. Yeah, everyone's doing thing, yeah. hella benzos. I feel like for him, it was yeah. It's never been a huge deal because I feel like it's was such a part of like the culture of growing up yeah. In, yeah. in the South and in, in New Orleans. And obviously that's what killed uh, Pimp C from yes. GK. And it's just like, I guess, right. obviously it became a an issue for him. And even in the documentary you brought up earlier, Joel, it's like he, someone asked him about like drinking and he like, seemed offended. He was like, no, I ne- would never drink and never do like heroin because mm-hmm. he was like, his body's too small for it. But he's like, he... <laughs> And he was like, he like never, he, when the person said something about drinking, he just looked like so appalled. He was like, <laughs> yeah. As he have, has like two yeah. unmarked styrofoam like cups. A, a liter <laughs> of. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But I, but I would say just at least in like big popular hip hop music, like really nationally popular rap music, it was the predominant thing was 
the popularization of drug dealing. And it sort of, I feel like Lil Wayne was kind of the turn where then it became about mm. drug using. And now, mm. you know, you look at the big rap, it's all about drug using. So it's, yeah. I, I really do feel like you can look at, I mean, I, there's all the, there's the whole underground scene too, but you can look at like in terms of the really big nationally popular rap music that really affected the national culture. I do think Lil Wayne is sort of the crux that turns on where it goes from more about being a drug dealer to being a drug user. And that's yeah. not, you know, necessarily a good thing. I mean, this la- just in the last year, how many young rappers have died from drug overdose? It's like four of them. Right. So I, I'm not going to say that Lil Wayne, it's Lil Wayne's fault, but it's, it is an element of his influence that I think is major in modern rap music. When you look also- at all the biggest rap music now, I feel like he is just the amount, like he is, they're very indebted to him. Molly, I will say, um, not really a rapper, more a singer, but in that world, uh, the weekend is the avatar of cocaine use. Yeah, he's the, he's mm-hmm. our cocaine god. But he also gets sad and does downers as well. Yeah, he's an all-purpose. Yeah, a drug for flower. All yeah, yeah. It's the whole. It's the shift towards like the rock star mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think that went from drug dealing to to drug, drug using. using. Yeah, which I guess yeah. Wayne was a, a big yeah. part of. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people until maybe a few years ago, like rappers wanted to be thought of as like CEOs and now they want to be thought of as like creative directors. Yes. And I feel like that, like a CEO would never like this get is, high off his own supply. This but like, creative directors, it's like, you just need fuel to, to fuel your madness. Like you, you go to the, you go from Jay-Z to Kanye. I feel Although like, Kanye is never really, Kanye doesn't really rap about consuming. Exactly. Kanye just is. Kanye is <laughs> drugs. Uh, I feel like yeah, you can Kanye wrap so many things drug. around this at the same at the same time too. I mean, I I don't want to get into too broad of a discussion about like what's what's new with rap these days. But the uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris Wayne, and this is the latest in, in uh, rap. No, music. Uh, but but like did that shift to rock rock starism yeah, is uh, uh, also a material so shift in why people use rap like a lot in like the 80s, the 90s. You would have people very specifically saying, I am doing this to create a future to get out of the situation I am. Like rap is my material tool that I will use 50 cent. to better my life. Exactly. 50 yeah. Cent was very blatant about this. Like I need a better life and I see doing rap as a, a tool that I can use to make myself money and, and mm-hmm. get better. And that's like the drug dealing too was like I'm using this to be, create a tool to get out. And now – there's a new generation where it's like, no, this is a first and foremost, a creative expression. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason that I'm pursuing it. I mean, like if you listen to like, I don't know, just cause I like read into fucking XXX Tentacion a lot when he died and stuff. Yeah. It's like he, a little bit of a weird example, but he never really talked about like, Oh, I'm using this to get rich. He's like, no, I got to spread. positivity. Expre- I got to express myself. That's like, you know, yeah. Even though he came from like very dire circumstances and was, getting very rich or wealthy for him off of doing it. I don't know. I I just think that those uh, transitions are interesting. And Mm -hmm. and I think that Wayne as a fulcrum point is uh, an interesting one. What's next in the diary? Um, I just want, I think I would love to pull out a passage. We don't have to spend super long on it because it's basically, I mean, it's, it's very repetitive because his days in, in, in jail are repetitive. Um, he, you know, he watches a lot of sports, uh, you know, college basketball playoffs, um, a little bit of American Idol, a little bit of Dancing with the Stars. Aww. Um, he, uh, I wonder who's rooting for. 
Um, he didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, he did say it was it was with the series season that Aaron Andrews was on because he was like, Aaron Andrews is really hot. <laughs> so he shout out to Aaron Andrews. He I was, guess when you're like a deprived of most simulation when you're in Rikers, you're like, you know, that chick on Dancing with the Stars is starting to look pretty attractive. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she, she's cute. Um, he. He shares an anecdote where he finds out that Drake had sex with his girlfriend. Here we go. Um, he like he introduces it. it was just like I woke up. I woke up still feeling fucked up about the fucked up day I had. I'm used to arguing with my girl on a daily basis, but finding out that she fucked Drake was the absolute worst thing that I could have found out. I don't know who this person is. Who is this girl? Whoa! But I don't know Drake. I don't think he slept with her when he was when Wayne went to jail. I think it just he found out when he went to jail. Um, I think they're still good. Like because <laughs> wait, Lil Wayne signed Drake mm-hmm. to Young Money, correct? Yep. Because now Drake has OVO, which is like his own thing. Yeah, but basically Wayne kind of made. I think Drake is still technically a part of the Young Money family. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Yeah, so my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not not a not a thing that you would want to find out about. Um, personally, uh, I I just want to share that. Also, I mean, at that exact same time, that's also like when Wayne was the biggest thing, and just like. While he was in prison and a little after Drake is like eclipsing him to become the biggest guy, I'm sure that that was something that weighed in on him as like he signed this guy, he has to go away, and then that guy is like rising above in like this rocket ship that is, you know, they're not in like a one to one. Yeah, I'm sure it affected him, but I feel like he he has always seemed really, really into the fact that his artists are making like made a name for themselves because yeah. he obviously like felt like he was a part of that and he wanted to see his his family well most of his family we won't <laughs> talk about the people in young money who went nowhere but <laughs> yeah was, i would like to know about these people <laughs> yeah I mean, young money was like like seven or eight different people yeah like we only know about drake drake and, and Nicki, Minaj. Nicki Minaj. i mean we know about Lil twist but then it was like Chucky and Gutta Gutta and like some other people who <laughs> I will I can say that I have not heard much about Gutta Gutta. <laughs> he's I think he might be on the the new album, but he's they're like obviously still like a part of the family. Just mm-hmm. like they weren't the artists that popped off the way that Drake and Nicki Minaj did. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think he's yeah. I assume that he's he's happy for them because mm-hmm. he's also Drake's different like kind of guy Drake's not like an auteur with like tattoos all over his face like mm. just making well, Drake, one song a day Drake's an auteur of something <laughs> not, not the same thing that uh that Lil Wayne is he's a he's a fascinating person yeah. when I, the first time I heard of Drake was on a song called Ransom okay which was featuring Lil Wayne and he like back then he was a I feel like he even rapped different like I was yeah I think that might still be my favorite Drake song ah. out of all that he's done but he's definitely taking on a very different persona from yeah. the early young money days. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, yeah, so Lil Wayne is pretty good at A&R mm-hmm. in a way, and that he signed Drake and Nicki Minaj, who are, like, huge. I mean, that's like, he signed Drake, who is record. the biggest rapper. No. And compared to, like, I would say compa- he is, like, Lil Wayne compared to, like, compare him to Drake, everyone on OVO kind of sounds like Drake. I would say uh-huh. all the OVO guys sound kind of like a malformed version of Drake. <laughs> and that makes me feel like 
Drake has a certain sort of ego and narcissism about his own sound that he sort of wants his signees to almost be sort of perpetuating the sound and the vibe and the energy and the Mm -hmm. brand of Drake. Whereas Mm -hmm. Lil Wayne seems like he just signed Drake because he liked him. I mean, Drake doesn't sound anything like Lil Wayne. Um, Nicki Minaj doesn't sound anything like Lil Wayne. And that feels Uh, like I slightly disagree. I mean, Nicki Minaj has some of the similar qualities of Lil Wayne and just like. But yeah, but she's got her own thing going on. She sings and has done like fully sung pop songs. I sort of. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, Chris, because she's a little more of kind of a formalist rapper than Wayne is. She's a little bit more of a like staccato, like really tight flow rapper than he is, where she's really like an intensely pattern, intensely fast flow that Wayne doesn't really do that often. Mm. And she also sings those pop songs yeah. that Wayne doesn't do. So, um, but I, I just think it's like, I sort of feel like Wayne's relationship to the people that he has signed and put on his label is different than some other rappers in the same way I don't see any of Drake's signees getting to be that big. I don't think Majid Jordan is ever going to be that big. They're big, but not they're not going to be like superstars because mm-hmm. they sound like kind of a version of Drake. Whereas Lil Wayne, I think because he has this different relationship with the people he signs and he doesn't seem like he's as protective of his sound because his sound isn't really a sound. It's just him. It because yes. of that it gives him it has given him a bit of an advantage in kind of the A and R space where he's able to sign these people who have b- become huge like massive in a way that like his contemporaries haven't really yeah but Nikki Nikki never fucked Wayne and she never fucked Drake <laughs> <laughs> and she wants you all to know that just to wrap up Wayne's prison time um, which I think was you know Joel as you said like dehumanizing in a way that affected his creativity for like years to come. Um, there was a, the most, to me, the most interesting passage from the diary I would like to read. I'm going to replace uh, the N word with a, with guy because I don't feel comfortable <laughs> saying it. Um, <laughs> here we go. But I, I would like to be true to the text. Uh, if I were rapping, if I was rapping for the Lord, I'd probably be the coldest guy on the planet. I was looking at it like everything I do already gets <laughs> followed. So if I fucked around and did that, I would literally change the world. It would be way bigger than having a million motherfuckers walking around with tattoos every damn where with dreadlocks or saying shit like bling bling. I would truly have the power of having pop culture turn to God. I would have straight killers in church every Sunday, but that's not my calling yet. That is, if it was, those type of thoughts would be popping in my head instead of I will murk you and I'm going to fuck that bitch. (laughs) It was, it was a cool thought, but it was just a thought. I can't wait for Lil Wayne to bring on the end of days by converting every uh, pop music listener in America to uh, devout Christians. (laughs) I just I think he knew he knew how influential he was like he knew exactly how influential he was at that time. He's like, I could convert all of you guys to Jesus if I just said it. But I'm not going to say it because that's not me right now. It's not who I am. I just thought that was wild. I would love to hear Lil Wayne's Jesus raps. (laughs) Jesus raps. I mean, there's some like Jesus adjacent folks right now. Did we mention the the bling bling thing? Yeah. Can we talk about bling bling? Because. That's a, a very, very, at this point, cliched term of rap, which yeah. started with Lil Wayne. Yep. Lil he, Wayne invented bling. He invented bling bling. Which wow. Is, I, I actually had no idea about that. I did not know that that was a, uh, a, a Wayneism. Mm-hmm. Should we? It's the song is called Bling Bling. It's with Juvenile, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can pull it up. I don't know if it's the uh, 
the first use of it in that song, but he definitely, I think, I forget who told the story before, but he, like, they were in the studio and needed, like, a word to describe, like, light hitting diamonds and stuff, and apparently Lil Wayne just came up with bling bling, and now it's in the dictionary. Wow. Okay, PG right, featuring. This video is amazing. Oh, this featuring is, uh, big timers featuring and hot boys. Bling bling. From 1999. It was a, it was a very good year. <laughs> a, gr- a great vintage for hip hop. Honestly, great, great year for hip hop, great year for movies. Yeah, 99 was the last Crazy year of year. culture. It kind of was, yeah. Good year for Prince. Great year for Prince. And he knew it like 20 years before. <laughs> this is already also a very 99 ass music, hip hop music video. Speed, so already, first three seconds. Speedboat, uh, fancy cars, the white t shirt with oh, yeah. the, the big tall chain, the, yeah. the 4X tall tees. Yeah. yeah. Two watches. The, <laughs> a fitted backwards baseball cap. And it's crazy because this was like the era of like million plus budgets for videos. Yeah. Yes. And it's like all the cars and stuff in the videos probably belong to someone in cash money because they just spent all their money on cars and jewelry back then. It's okay. And someone else definitely wrote this verse for Baby because I don't think he's ever written a real rap in his life. Really? Do you think he, he's ghostwritten everything he's I mean, Lil Wayne definitely, Lil Wayne has said that he like wrote a lot of Birdman stuff. You can skate on it. <laughs> the the lit, lit hallway classic 90s video trope. Oh my god, I love it so much. This is even a kind of shitty lit hallway. <laughs> it's awesome that they have Manny Fresh like in the videos, like, showing the DJs in love, the producers. In love. That's important. How old was he in 99? Uh, 18. <laughs> I think his first it's album, really he was like 15 or something. Yes, Joel. It's really insane how young Lil Wayne still is. Still yes. is. He's in his 30s. He's 36. He's 36. It feels he's younger like than he's Eminem. 70. He's way, he's way younger than Jay-Z. Jay-Z's in his mid-40s? Way younger. Yeah. No, he's a different generation. Yeah. It's crazy. He's Lil Wayne around, is a millennial. He's, he's been around since he was 10 years old. That's yes. the thing. This it's is another thing so. to point out is that we've talked a lot in recent episodes about kind of exploitation and labor in music and we'll talk a little bit more about um, how that specifically is chalked up in uh, Lil Wayne's recording contract but he is a he's essentially a child star of a certain type of child star mm-hmm. and he's been working most of the time he's been alive yeah. and so in some ways you know I mean he's he basically has in a recent interview he basically chalked up the seizures to being overworked in a way like he mm-hmm. used he said he used to do 36 hours in the studio or 48 hours in the studio straight. And now he does tw- a light 12 or 14. <laughs> so he's been yeah. working so hard since he was a, a kid. And I think you cannot and, discount that in, in who he is and, yeah. and what he's become in a way. Like, he, you know, he, he's created his own precedent for how much stuff he puts out. But he he's I, I wouldn't blame him if you wanted to just like chill for a while yeah. he threatened yeah. to retire for a while mm. he said he was going to retire Don't at 35 all, yeah everyone does yeah. because music is work <laughs> yeah but, it, but again if you like create that much that consistently that's like when steven soderbergh threatened to retire from making movies it's not like you don't go for making two theatrically released movies every year 
for 15 years straight and then say, <laughs> I'm going to retire cold turkey. Like, you just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Work is a poison. Never. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, al- there's also, I mean, I mean, until there's the whole thing with Birdman till only recently has <laughs> Lil Wayne sort of um, gained control of his own of young money that like yes. he was working so hard and he was, I, I, it's impossible to really know the details of the lawsuits against Birdman, but basically he, I have to assume he was more or less under the same sort of contracts that he signed when he was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he sued him so for like, like $50 million. Um, he, being I mean, like you aren't paying me what what I should be paid. The crazy Royalty thing is, is I don't know the like specifics of the the most recent like, <laughs> disagreement between mm-hmm. him and Birdman, but it's crazy because that's why like Cash Money broke up in the first place. Because like even like Juvenile and BG said that like Baby and Slim were like taking their money and not giving them what they were owed. And mm-hmm. then at one point it was like just Lil Wayne by himself on the label. So it's like I, you can't really like what. <laughs> You would think that that would give him a increased bargaining power. <laughs> you would hope, but it's that's like never how it works the, out. You didn't get the memo like 15 yeah. years ago that something was weird. Yeah. Was but that's also that's also Lil Wayne just being like, I feel like all he wants to do is make music. Mm-hmm. Musicians are just, as we've learned on this podcast, not necessarily natural business people. No. Um, no. Even, even if it kind of seems like you would be because the idea of like building a, a music brand seems like a business. Especially the actual like, you know, <laughs> dots and dots and lines but, as it were. Especially the other th- with, yeah. if you're in the type of hip hop where you spend a, large amount of time about talking about your money and getting it and not getting it and getting it straight and right. stuff. It's a little you more assume that the, the, those people, <laughs> I guess it's implied sometimes that those people have like good accountants or, or something, but I, that is not clearly not the case. It's all about your but, deal, which yeah. is why like so many people have been making fun of each other's deals lately. If you yeah. like mm-hmm. the idea of like having a three sixty deal is like a real, yeah. like people are, you know, we'll make fun of you for that. Mm-hmm. I don't Look, know. My art is the deal. <laughs> but no it look it comes back to the same stuff i was saying that is part of what i find so inspiring about lil wayne and about listening to him is that it doesn't feel like he is a guy who's good with money it doesn't feel like he's a guy who's signed who knows what yes. he, who reads contracts it doesn't feel like he's a guy who even thinks on a business level about what he's doing it feels like he is just a artist and no. that's all he can do and that's all he does is create his art and rap and rap and that's like so i i un, when all these lawsuits are happening it's impossible to follow what was going on but i'm like yeah i'm sure lil way when he was a kid signed some bad contracts i'm sure he's <laughs> he taken advantage a of 10 year old leaving his resume in the form of a freestyle on an answering machine <laughs> well he, yeah. he made his first million before he was 17 so that's i feel insane. like as long as he i feel like he he had the money in his pockets and in bank in his bank account, so he didn't really take the time to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about. Yeah, then, was, it's a literal cash flow. It's you know? because this reminds me of when we did Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates were just you know they signed whatever, and you know they received ama- they received beautiful parkas for Christmas with cash literally stuffed in the pockets. If you have if you are provided with what you want Need and you are asking moment. for nothing. You will never have to think about no. what the future looks like because why would you? Because mm-hmm. you're like everything's good. There's I see I literally see money all around me. I have no reason to think that everyone is not working in my best interest, and it ends up being garbage. But and it seems the, like they worked things out. Yeah. I guess. And the guy in charge is and, your quote unquote and father, to, and yes. the guy in charge is your yeah your father figure. My yeah. God, it's complicated. I have, <laughs> I also have to assume 
that once Wayne got out of prison and he started to be around Drake and see how because Drake does seem like a guy who's very business savvy. He does. He seems like yes. a guy who does read his contracts, who does know what he's doing, who does think about stuff on a business level. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Wayne was like around Drake being like, I discovered this guy and he's worth 50, 100 times more than me now. Like, I, what happened? Yeah. I, I have to. I feel like that probably was part of it for him, part of the I'm, calculus. I am curious about that. I wonder what their actual net worth, their is. mutual net worth yeah. are. Because I'm sure, I think Lil Wayne probably still makes money off of Drake. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, we can can kind of round it out. Like, he he gets out of prison after eight months. The album um, I Am Not a Human Being is released in jail, which I think makes him a bunch of money, which he references in the diary being like, one of the CEOs is like, wow, you got you just made a, like several a bunch of million dollars just like sitting in jail, and he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like I again, like n- maybe not doing great contract work, but then you get out of jail and you're like, oh, here's several million dollars, and you're like, oh, I guess this is fine until for the next. He, ta- he talks about seeing a specific type of car in a car commercial, watching it in jail, and um, getting on the phone with his people the next day and being like, I want that car when I get out. Yeah, sure. Not everyone in jail can do that. Uh, we, I know we skipped right over it, but can I just play like a second from fucking Rebirth? Because I was listening to this album today and it's fucking hilarious. So Rebirth came out, what, short, very shortly, shortly after? Before, or bef- before, before he, he went, went to out jail? To, to jail. This is uh, Knockout featuring Nicki Minaj, which sounds like a fucking pop punk song. Yeah, he, uh, he played some guitar in this. He did. Yes, guys, yes. I love this. This was like panned when it came out. And I think it's kind of a failure. But I think I disagree. Like so close. <laughs> Artistic failure or financial? I don't think it quite gets to what he wants to do. Because I think that the the rock tracks are like a little generic. And a little like almost picked out of stock music. I love this. You love this? <laughs> so, well, here, so I'll I'll see your yeah. failure, and I will raise you Post Malone. I know. Because who, who is not the child of this type of music, this mm-hmm. melding of genres, and, and sort of dis- in some way, I know it's a, it's, it's a genre album, it's a rock album, yeah. but it's also a rock album by a purported hip-hop artist. And, and I- the result of that is we get this crazy blend of shit that yes. we get every and day now again the the a lot of the soundcloud guys blend a lot of rock and emo shit emo. In, into oh, their yeah. Lil, into their Lil music Peep. yeah Lil Peep. R.I.P. um R.I.P. yeah i mean a lot of those R.I.P. Guys. i mean little peep talk about somebody who's very much uh um, in the mold and then more extreme of Lil wayne and then burns out too fast from the same the same stuff uh, and when I say failure, I think that it's like it's really almost there. It's just like not quite there for me. But yeah. I just want to point out for the record, this yes. this album debuted at number two. On yeah, Billboard 200. <laughs> That's amazing. It's great. You're just saying that you just need Rick Rubin on this on this album. Maybe maybe a little or Rick uh, Rubin. Butch Vig or a little more blend of Steve Albini. Just a little more blend. <laughs> Steve Albini produces. Steve Albini on Rebirth would be. Although Steve Albini's thing really isn't like exerting any uh, creative control it's mostly perfect engineering perfect engineering he, in fact he has been um people who have he's engineered for have complained that he just plays words with friends the entire time they're recording <laughs> once, uh, you have the, once you have the mix and he's like what the what fuck i just i set up the mics perfectly it sounds perfect 
I'm not, you you provide the music. He's not a producer. He's an engineer. Yes, exactly. And one of the one of the key learnings of this podcast is learn, for me learning the difference, the difference between, between those two. Uh, but anyway, it's it just like it's just not quite there to be an actual melding. It's like more just like pulling generic rock tracks and then him doing his thing on top of it rather than being something that actually Feels stylistically integrated. blends the music. But I love I love it. Still, it's yeah. great. It's a uh, it, it, it's, it's a risk. Yeah, it's a risk. It's something nobody else would do, and it's something that now everybody's everybody. trying to do. Yeah, very Which ahead is, of his time. Very yeah. ahead of its time. And then I have to pull one more thing from this era, just because uh, uh, I love it so much. Is Lil Wayne uh, playing guitar on SNL? Uh, <laughs> which again, Joel, I'm so sorry you can't hear any of these things, but you should yeah. really look this up because it's the, on YouTube. This video is just titled "Guitar Solo." With a question mark, and here's Lil Wayne's uh, SNL guitar solo. Oh man! Introduced by uh, Michael Phelps. Also, my guitar solo freshman year of college, uh, trying to uh, solo along to, to Zeppelin or whatever in my uh, dorm room. Uh, again, not great, but fucking go off, King. Like just <laughs> that he he got up there and with that guitar and rocked out there. Very into it. Well, Wayne didn't. I mean, he didn't start playing guitar in his songs until his like at least mid twenties. Uh, one, the thing I admire most about Lil Wayne is he started skateboarding at the age of mm. twenty eight. Got really I think into it. Got yeah. really into it. Has like a half pipe like installed on Didn't the roof. Didn't he open like place. a public uh, mm-hmm. skate park for in, in New Orleans? Like, yeah, yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. To me, that's just like follow. You're never too old to follow your dreams. Although Molly did tell me he yesterday loves, that I'm not allowed to loves, take up skateboarding. I didn't say you're not allowed. I just said it, I would not be. I would not advise it. <laughs> Our bones are not getting um, any younger. They're going to just what? get old and shatter. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite of the Lil Wayne mixtapes i think i think this is the one i'm thinking of is dedication Two, where these these interstitials between like every two or three songs where he just talks about like his hobbies and things that he's into (laughs) and they're so funny there's one where he's like talking about like all his favorite tv shows and it's all (laughs) sports sports shows it's like i i like espn sports center baseball tonight part of the interruption he just lists off every sports every like sports is it's i I can't do it justice but it's just it's like these just interstitials of him like stoned in the we were we were actually listening to exactly that one before we started recording (laughs) of him listening to sports center shows so funny yeah i i I love that one um he he has he's appeared on uh on the first and ten segment of ESPN First Take, uh, debating against Skip Bayless, on in two thousand nine, he was on ESPN's Around the Horn. So, <laughs> this is all before he went to jail. So when he in jail, he he watched a lot of ESPN or listened and watched it, and he was on ESPN. So like, that's, <laughs> he's a he's a true he's a he's a Renaissance man. Yes, he he's sports a, he's commentating. A true, he's a true sports fan. On his, his Twitter is almost exclusively him just talking about sports like being like just just like rooting for different teams and stuff the last like 10 tweets out of the last 15 he's done are always just like go red Sox" in all caps with the eight exclamation points he's a Sox fan he's a Sox fan Why? inexplicably Sox fan packers yeah, all these the random packers teams that he likes. Wow. yeah 
I guess we should maybe close out and talk about like the Carter five and where we go from here. Obviously like he, he sued uh Birdman. He <laughs> <laughs> contractually obligated to, to do a little trill for Birdman. Um, he, yeah, the, he, it seems okay, like the relationship is okay with him and Birdman. He's been released from cash money. Young money is, it, it, does it exist anymore? I thought maybe he released uh, the Carter five on universal or something. I, I don't really know. Young how money is still a thing, but I think it somehow it's not like under cash money. Yeah. Like it's he arranged it so he can make, make more money. Yep. So like that's all settled, but like uh, I, I personally have not really listened to the Carter five and I would love to hear those who have thoughts on it. And like, what does little Wayne do next? <laughs> What's his deal? Uh, I like Carter Five a lot. Um, what's and, a, and what's a, a top track to play off of it while uh, while you talk about it? Ooh, I, think- I really like. I mean, there's a lot of good tracks. I like um, "Dedicate." That's one of the first early tracks. That's just kind of a great lyrical track. And mm-hmm. "Uproar" is one of the the bigger "Uproar." Uh, "Uproar" is like the the, the hot, yeah, big, like ah. the big song. single. Uh, and then, uh, "Swiss Beats." Let's listen. Let's listen to "Uproar" because I do love a, a Swiss Beats. Whomst among us? Does not appreciate a Swiss beat. A Swiss beat. I met that guy once. Really? Yeah, he, he really? talks a lot, but he's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's with Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a, it's a lucky guy. Yeah. Bless. Hashtag bless. Hashtag bless. Swiss. What the fuck, though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Wow, get the fuck, though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. You a roughneck. I'm a cutthroat. You a tough guy. That's enough jokes. Then the sun died. The night is young, though. The diamond still shines. This feels more like a like a mixtape Wayne song to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's amazing how long this album is. It, it's t- I would say like I guess typical that he just has like all the hot hottest people on it. It was so refreshing though, and because it came right after like the trend. I guess Kanye started with yeah. like eight song albums, yes. which I was not a fan of. Yes. And to get like a, an actual full album from Lil Wayne after four or five years was pretty good. It's fucking and hilarious that he has a track with Existentialism called Don't, Don't Cry. Yeah, that's the thing. The album starts the first song, I Love You, Dwayne, is like basically a skit. This is mom yeah. talking to him and she like she's crying in the, the opening of yeah. the album, which is pretty intense. That's so intense you know? to start yeah, the album actually, that way. The album starts on a very dark note, mm-hmm. which is strange because it's not like an... Especially dark album, but that and then particularly the, and the first song with X is, is pretty dark too. Rappers love putting their moms on it's albums um, more more than anyone else. It seems. Yeah. Uh, Jay Z put his mom on December fourth, which I will of all famous people birthdays. More, honestly, more than Beyonce's birthday, Jay Z's birthday is always good. Like December fourth, I'm always like, "Oh my god, happy birthday, Jay Z! <laughs> <laughs> Big day! <laughs> what you doing?" <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, mom, Jay mom, but came out on his latest album. Right? Yes, yes, just- yeah. There's something about like men, men kind of using their moms to like hum, like create another dimension of themselves that feels like more human and vulnerable that they yeah. can't do on their own. Yeah. I feel like it's really well, interesting. It's interesting to talk about the, the Carter five just briefly in relation to the Jay Z album because it, it, the, from last year, um, because it's like, 
it is even though they are different generations it is still uh, yeah. two rappers doing like a late career album yeah. in a way and, and you know i wouldn't say that like wayne it's not like this is like a mature Lil Wayne album because I don't know that he's necessarily capable of doing like a <laughs> truly mature album like Jay Z does where it's like about investing opportunities I think he's capable I just don't think it's it's in his nature too I feel like it's that's it's not, not something life, yeah it's not yeah, not it's, a, it's not a Dwayne Michael like, Carter thing he's thinking mm-hmm. about. but it's also even within this being a, a, a normal Lil Wayne album with like a, a mixture of things there are moments of where it feels more personal than a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff he's done lately. It feels more kind of him sort of taking stock of his career in a way. There are these snippets of that, which is really all we can hope for from him because he is still at this point working off such kind of an id creative kind of just like wrapping what comes into his mind. He's not going to do like a, a kind of very constructed mature album, but he does – talk about his mother he talks about his career he talks about where mm-hmm. he is in his life on the last track he talks about um when he was a kid and tried to shoot himself which mm-hmm. is a thing he did that, shoot himself he tried to, he tried yeah, to kill he himself but it was he, on it purpose was tried to, tried to yeah. kill himself yeah and he sort of addresses that for i think the first time really in a real way in a song yeah that song is great too the last track in the album mm-hmm. i think is really beautiful but there there are two rap songs in my life that have made me cry while listening one yeah, of them chill. is the last track on this Lil Wayne album and one of them is Codeine Crazy by Future uh, <laughs> Codeine Crazy has made you cry oh my gosh yeah to... um, okay and, and they, neither of those are rappers that I would necessarily think of as the ones who would really have an, like get to, at you emotionally but they but they both do in these rare instances but anyway uh, so I just think it's the Carter five I really like because it has a huge range of sounds. It's, it's stuff that's like club stuff, like the song you played. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that's more kind of just lyrical dexterity and like lyrical acrobatics. And there is stuff that is a little more personal, whereas like his the albums that have come out in the last like since he came out of prison, at least are like have nothing personal in them, really. Um, so mm-hmm. I just think it's I, I really like it. I, I, I'm glad it's such a big I think the reason that it's such a big hit is because it's good and because people we're curious, and then because it's good, it's become this kind of. It's been at number one for. A few, it just seems like it's like a really. He's back in the culture he, in a big way, and I think. Did he beat why. Logic? I hope of so. course he did. Because <laughs> pe- people were predicting in the in the few weeks before he launched it that Logic was going to crush him. No, he beat him. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> Not that no no disrespect to Logic. He seems like a fine guy. A little disrespect to Logic. Uh, but I, like, I think I tweeted that the other yeah. day. Logic should have moved his album when he heard that there was so much competition that week because it's like there's no way he was going to touch. I forget. I'm going to look it up now, but I feel like someone else released the album like yeah. a few days before. It was, um oh, fuck me. It was Lil Wayne. It was... Kanye said, Kanye said he Yandy was going was to launch it. coming out that weekend and then and then pulled it. So. Classic Kanye. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right in the same way that like movie studios are constantly shifting around their dates in no. order to like just kind of optimize. Like yeah. Logic should have just been like, I will, I will bow down. Yes. Yeah. It's also it, it's also almost just like as a means of just like showing respect. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, in the in the rap world, to yeah. like not release your album at the same time that the that Carter Five is coming out. I yeah. just feel sure, it. selling more albums is the higher priority. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, do you have any uh, takes on Carter Five? Uh, I I also really like it. Some songs I could I skip every time I listen to it, mm-hmm. but that's any album. Yeah. But yeah, um, to the point of Wayne not doing the going the Jay-Z route and having like a, a deeper album. Mm-hmm. I feel like throughout his career, he's, 
there have been singles that have like if you I guess collect them all together and make one album, Wayne gets surprisingly deep on a, a lot of stuff, but I feel like that gets overshadowed by more of the like the party mm-hmm. just like random metaphors and punchlines <laughs> yeah. that he does. Yeah. But there's songs like the one that came to mind when I was when you were talking, Joel, was uh I feel like dying. Mm. I feel like was a, oh, yeah, a very in, insanely deep song that a lot of people don't really no one really like brings up when they talk about Wayne and like his lyrical ability and his that the fact that he can go to those places. I feel like dying. Will you pull that mm-hmm. up? Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember that what beat I, is insane. <laughs> like uh, it's a chilly it's a chilly beat. But yeah, he's had I mean and he gets I guess political sometimes with songs like Georgia Bush and other stuff earlier in his career. That's a great one too. Uh, I love Georgia Bush. Thinking about Georgia Bush uh, made me really um, nostalgic for Ott's political pop music. On the sample, just like the the lyrics of the song, you wouldn't really equate to something Lil Wayne would say. Yeah, and it's I feel like it's less like going hard and creating a like beat that people are like ah, it's a little more more introspective. Yeah. Was this from like mid mid odds? Uh, well, he says C three in it. Yeah, at some point before Carter three, one of the mixtapes. Yeah, he. He says that Kurt Cobain is a influence. Yeah. Which I feel like you kind of hear in this stuff that feels a little like more introspective, a little like mm-hmm. slower. I don't know. That feels very current in a um, in a weird way, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That feels that feels like SoundCloud rap to me. And yeah. that's like from a decade ago or, or more, right? Yeah. He created yeah. The, the whole aesthetic in yeah. a way. It's crazy how how like the wide range of people that Lil Wayne has influenced mm-hmm. over the years. Like even uh Kendrick Lamar made a, a mixtape before he was before he was the Kendrick Lamar that we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was I think C dot or something. I forget the actual name of it, but like the entire thing was inspired by it's like him trying to be Lil Wayne, basically. <laughs> That's the, crazy. Like it, yeah. It's just him rapping over Lil Wayne beats, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. And he said before that Wayne, like he, even though he grew up in California, like he wanted to be a part of like the the whole like cash money, like, I guess cash money and like no limit, like aesthetic when he mm-hmm. was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Chance the Rapper has said that Wayne mm-hmm. is his number one biggest influence. It's like even guys like who don't seem that musically indebted to him. Uh, they love him. It just he's he's his influence is so vast. It feels like. I mean, I, I it's he's also somebody who just seems so genuinely hard to not love because he is so prolific. There's something for everyone. He's so clearly good at what he does, 
And even if you're like a very casual listener, like I have been, he's so funny in his big songs. He's like so funny and charming and such a hype up. And then ubiquitous. Yeah. And that is the thing about his popularity at the height of his pre-prison popularity is that he was never like, even though he's on so much stuff and doing so well and so popular, he never felt like a towering figure or like overexposed. Yeah. Either. You know, he, he wasn't, he never was like the Jay-Z or the Kanye where it was like the monsters of hip hop or something. He's just like, he's the guy who's on every track and every time you hear him, it's good. And he's constantly putting out stuff. He, it's just him and his, his mic and his raps and he just has to keep putting them out. And, and there's something that is somehow divorced from the spectacle of so being a some, pop star musician yeah. about that, that, that makes it more he's relatable. A, he's a one of a kind dude. He's yeah. a completely unique guy. You cannot replicate that shit at the end of the day, which is probably why he feels so confident about signing people like Drake and Nikki, because like, even though they are huge in their own right, like no one can, else can be Lil Wayne. Exactly. He's a, he's a totally one of a kind dude it, and he knows it. And I, it's just a matter of like what he, what he does with it. And you know, I just said it and I just say hammer at home about like being at that level, but very distinctly not being a pop star, mm. you know, like, uh, 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 the people, the people that high, like Drake, Kanye, Jay Z, um, those guys are all move into like pop star territory where they're like the celebrities. Um, he is a rapper. He is a very good rapper, but that is what he does is he like goes and like raps. He's an artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lil, yeah. Lil Wayne's not going to like star in a movie. Yes, at, exactly. At some point. Yeah, I, I don't think so. He's yeah. not going to, he's not going to direct a movie. You know, he's, he's not, not going to, he's not going to, he's been in a couple, which we're not. Yeah. Gonna, I yeah, saw, I saw that he had a up. filmography in, uh, in, on his Wikipedia page. I mean, it looks very interesting. I don't think I'm familiar. He plays someone named Iceberg, Iceberg Shorty. Shorty in the movie Baller Blocking. Yeah, that is a, a Cash Money production. Oh my it god, is, they made their own movie. Yes, I mean every. I feel like every rap <laughs> rap mean, house yes. made yes. a <laughs> made a movie back in. But it's it is it is glorious. His his late <laughs> his last filmography role was um, playing uh, in the movie Freak Nick. The movie he was Trap Jesus, the, <laughs> and it was a voice just a voice role. I think that's the the T Pain like animated movie. <laughs> Right. We have so much stuff sense. I need to watch. It <laughs> sounds so good. Yeah. Okay. So I guess maybe I'm wrong about him being in, starring in movies, but I, I still <laughs> directing think a movie. Something, there's something very pure about him. Yeah. Right. Still, which I, which is what you were saying, Chris. That it doesn't feel like he's really someone who think. It feels like he thinks about rapping and he thinks about being the best rapper. Like for years, he would talk about being the best rapper alive, mm-hmm. and I think he really wanted to, in the rap world, be considered the best and be considered better than Jay-Z. But beyond that, I don't think he thinks about being a pop star. He thinks about his image in a pop world. I just don't feel like that's a thing that really gets into, is a is in his calculus in the way it clearly is with Drake or Kanye or yeah, Jay-Z yeah. or other guys at his level or Eminem. It just feels yeah, yeah. like he's... He doesn't. It doesn't think feel like he's that concerned about that stuff in a genuine way. It doesn't feel like he's concerned about it, and the and that comes through, and that's why it is hard to not like him. It yeah. is hard to not root for him. It's why all these years later he comes out with Carter Five, and it was number one for weeks because it just like because it was good, and because people want him to succeed. I think yeah. in a real genuine way, where no a, a lot of rappers 
you know, a lot of people hate Drake. A lot of people hate Kanye for it's, good reason. A lot of people hate Jay Z. But it's like it's hard not to don't... have goodwill for Lil Wayne. Exactly. The Eminem point. Eminem and Lil Wayne for a while have been almost tied in my brain as like my favorite rappers of all time. Yeah. And it's interesting to see them do interviews because mm-hmm. they have this like braggadocious like pers- personality on records but in interviews they seem really like shy and like they don't yeah. actually want to talk to anybody yeah yeah, yeah. because they like all they want to do all day long is just rap yes mm-hmm. just, like be exactly the best at what they do and they don't really want to like engage with the public at all yes Which i find really interesting that's uh yeah. that's from i mean eminem wrote a book <laughs> which was like 50% you know his lyrics written on napkins and like that was basically like it just sounds like that at the end of the day all of the kind of trappings of like you know doing publicity or anything that is he's just not interested mm-hmm. in that at all yeah um he just I think Eminem is definitely a, another level like above <laughs> like Lil Wayne when it comes to like the I guess like the science and like math of rap. Sure. I'm sure yes. Eminem, oh, yeah, that for sure. <laughs> Eminem yeah. spends a lot more time thinking about rap than Lil Wayne probably does. Yeah. I feel like Lil Wayne probably spends more time rapping than Eminem does, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, Lil the, Wayne is like the id and uh, Eminem is like the super ego of rap. Yeah. That's a good way to think of it. No, you're, you're, you're totally right. But they, they are, they approach it on kind of very different like spectrum stylistically and but they are both feel like very deeply creative deeply kind of obsessive artists obsessive more yeah. than a lot of other rappers do where it feels like their singular concern for both of them is rap and that's what they do well this has been a uh, a long and, and meandering uh though i think uh force, forcefully projected uh, uh podcast it's, like a little wayne it's little wayne's fault for just yeah, having yeah. so much stuff to talk about yeah, tune in next week for yeah part right two. Yes. you can have is there are there little wayne podcasts there must be there's if they could not go we for really need to start one weeks and weeks and do, weeks do every little wayne song you got 1800 episodes there. <laughs> that's true there's there's a podcast that just launched called I think it's called It's Britney Bitch that's literally about ten years of Britney from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand nine. No. And like can you imagine that with Lil Wayne? It's just like on a weekly basis. Let's what what's happening in one day of Lil Wayne's life? Uh, oh my god. Who, who, who's doing that podcast? Can we get on it? We we've had uh, we've had talked our about Britney, Britney Spears been a few days. Yeah. Um we'll hit him up. But that's for a uh, thing for another time. Um Lewin, I am sure we will have him around for a long, long time. Just Let us hope. Constantly hopping on songs. Hopefully. Again, th- just, just, given, just given what we've already seen from him, this is a guy that w- w- does not quit. So I- I'm, I'm sure he's going to be around for a long does time. Does not quit and I think can help lead. I think there is something that was kind of unspoken is like, how do how what does hip hop look like in middle age? Which yes. is something that rock dealt with in like, you know, the six, even sometimes 60s, 70s, 80s. And I feel like it's kind of happening now. Yeah. Of like, what are, what are you, who are you as a rapper in your late 30s, your 40s, your 50s? Honestly. And tragic- I think Lil Wayne will lead us there. Yeah. With whatever he does. Because weirdly, tragically, and I think also grimly predictably, we have not had many successful rap artists who got successful young and made it successful to their middle ages. Yeah. yeah. It's we true. were really hitting the first like generation of that, and we're seeing we have basically like one model with Jay Z. Yep. Kanye West is all spinning off in, into his own fantasy world of, of private firefighters and flirtation with neo fascism. 
Uh, and Lil Wayne is like, I don't know, he's going to be hitting 40 in like three Couple years. years. Yeah. He's still in his 30s, guys. Yeah. We have decades so of more Wayne. crazy that he's still in his 30s. I still can't believe it. Every time, you, every time I hear that he's 36, I think it's a joke. <laughs> it's not. It's, it, this is the real life. Uh, so let us sign off and move confidently into the end part of this episode. This has been great. Uh, let's go around the horn. Do either of you guys have anything that you would like to plug? I do not. Um, just, I guess follow me on the <laughs> yeah. What's your Twitter? Interwebs. Yeah. Uh, laptop underscore Lasane L A S A N E. Great. Or you can follow me on uh one of my multiple Instagrams. You have I multiple guess. Instagrams? Uh, well, wow. two for now. I'm gonna I'm gonna get more. Don't oh. follow the my personal one, but uh, okay. I I do customized shoes. If anyone out there is looking for for some custom shoes, oh, yes, I, I could get into that. It's uh, at I want custom shoes on Instagram. <laughs> so. I forgot to okay, yes. the point. Yes. <laughs> Um, Andrew makes amazing, amazing shoes. And I've been begging, uh, to film, <laughs> film this process for like months. It's fine. We'll deal yeah, with it. We'll, we'll figure it we'll out. Get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, great. You can follow me at, on Twitter at Miss Molly Mary. Um, I, uh, I have a music video hopefully coming out soon that I shot and directed, um, with the fantastic band shy baby. Um, once Whoa. again, hashtag watch this space, watch, <laughs> been watch this space for quite, some sorry time. for the wait. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, we are in, uh, this is the period. This section of and introducings will be called the drought. To drought, yeah, but the drought will be over. To drop. So I actually have a brand new podcast that just came out uh, called Artist versus Mogul, and it's newly available. And what it is basically, it's myself and two other guys, Josh Whitaker and Dan Foster. And what we do is each week we take a different figure from pop culture and we discuss together whether they are more of an artist or more of a mogul, whether they're kind of motivated. At, at their core by accumulation of wealth and power and capital or whether they're motivated by creativity and creation of art. Lil Wayne, obviously, I think is an artist. And uh, we have our first three episodes available now and we talk about Eminem, Steven Spielberg, and Taylor Swift. And down the line, we're going to keep doing more musicians, but we're also going to do actors, writers, um, comedians, business people. We might do like a celebrity chef. You know, it's it's very open. You can talk about a lot of different people in this way. And it's kind of a very, we find it's a very interesting vehicle to talk in depth about these people and their careers and their roles in the culture. So if you're interested in pop culture in kind of a deep studied way, like we are, um, then I think it's a really cool, funny, interesting show. And it's the kind of thing where, like this show, where you can just listen to one if it's a person that you're really interested in. And if you like it, you can then go and listen to some others. So it's available now. We're going to do new episodes every week for a while. And uh, I hope you check it out. That sounds like it might be of interest to uh, our listenership. Yeah. Because we do love the conflict between art and business. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you can always follow me. I'm uh, at say what again, you can listen to uh, the other show that I produce. It's called Chapo trap house. I'm sure a lot of people uh, who listen to this already listen to that. And if you don't, I don't know, check that out too, but you know, don't feel obligated because they don't need it. Uh, regardless, you wonderful can plug. <laughs> really enthusiastic. Us on Twitter at and intro pod and send us an email at and introducing pod at gmail.com. I haven't checked the Gmail in a while. We should check the Gmail. <laughs> and Please our, email us. We check it often. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and our SoundCloud is, as always, at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. 
Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, rate, review, subscribe. We always get a trickle of new reviews and stuff. And that's always a delight for me to read. But Mm -hmm. before you rate and review or subscribe, the first thing you should do is tell a friend. Tell somebody that you know that you listen to a cool, interesting podcast uh, that made you realize that Lil Wayne is more important than you ever thought he was before. Yeah finally made you pay the respect to Lil Wayne. Respect Lil Wayne. <laughs> respect Lil Jesus Wayne. Jesus That he deserved. But until uh, we, another two weeks, uh, we will be back soon with another episode of And Intro-ducing. <laughs>